you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. Folks, my guest this evening is Aaron Treadway. He has a new book. It is called Don't Miss Your Life. I think that's a great title. And uh, Aaron, you and I have not met prior to this, but I appreciate the book and uh, appreciate the fact that you are my brother in Christ, not because of your accomplishments, but because of what Jesus accomplished. And he saved you like he saved me and like he saved so many others. So I welcome you to the broadcast, and I'm glad that we can talk together. Now, let me just say amen and amen. Great to be with you, Jim. Now, your book talks about the fact that a lot of people, you know, exert a lot of energy, but they're they're on the wrong they're on the wrong course. They're they're on a hamster wheel. They're desperately trying to do what it takes in order to live life to the fullest, and they're missing what life is really all about. Talk with us about that. Yeah, that that was my own discovery. You know, I was certainly one of those on the hamster wheel. Um, Grew up just believing that if I could acquire enough stuff, you know, and not just uh, physical things, but enough notoriety and affirmation that it would fill this this void that I felt. And as I started to accumulate some of those things and I, I became a professional athlete, Um, I, I came to this realization one day that like, man, I got all this stuff, but I still have the same void. Exactly. When I moved to Atlanta, uh, it was to pastor a church in a very affluent area. And the folks who brought me there, the, the leadership team said, you know, this neighborhood is around the church is being redeveloped and people are putting up these mansions all around the church. And uh, they've got all these fancy cars. And we don't know how to reach these people because they've got everything. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is the perfect time to reach them. Because I guarantee you, in house after house after house, people are waking up to the discovery that I thought this was going to satisfy, and it didn't. And so God allowed that in your life. You had great success. You were a professional athlete. Uh, you even started a team. Uh, the pro soccer, and yet, and and that for for our listeners who are not aware, that's what the rest of the world calls football because you use your feet, and uh, it is the most popular sport on the planet. But um, I mean, you you were a pro, you were really good at this, and you were being rewarded for that and recognized for that. But it doesn't satisfy, does it? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I always say that success can't satisfy the deepest longings of our soul. And I remember standing on this, uh, this field where I grew up playing soccer. Five years old, my dad introduced me to the game of soccer. He was a baseball player. His dream was that his son would be a baseball player. 
I never played a day of baseball in my life, <laughs> but uh, stand on this field after my first year as a, as a pro player in the major league of soccer, uh, I remember thinking to myself, I was born to do these things. Like I, I felt like uh, I was made to have the soccer ball at my feet and to, you know, entertain people. And, and what I didn't understand at that time is that I, I really do believe that God gave me those gifts. Um, what I didn't understand is that he gave me those gifts for his purposes. Exactly. Exactly. It's about the relationship we have with him. How did you really get to know Jesus? Yeah, I, I grew up going to church, um, but the honest truth is soccer was my God. Um, mm -hmm. From a very early age, I did everything in my life to, to try to get to where I was trying to go mm -hmm. um, and ultimately become a professional player. Um, and when I got to university, uh, my first year at college, I went to California State University uh, on a soccer scholarship and won an award that year. And I, I thought of myself as a Christian. Um, mm -hmm. But when I won that award, I, 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 it was like the pinnacle of success for three days. It was this <laughs> overwhelming sense of fulfillment and joy and like, yes, this is everything I wanted. But on day four, I woke up thinking to myself, that's it? Like, that's all the joy, that's all the satisfaction and peace that you get when you accomplish your greatest goal? Yeah. And that experience really put me on a journey of trying to figure out, is there anything more than, than soccer, uh, in, you know, more meaningful in the world? And, right. and God is good. You know, he's gracious. Um, so it wasn't a, a super long journey. He he led me to read a book on January 17th, 1994. I'd never heard of the this author, believe it or not, but you probably have. I have yeah. now. His name is C.S. Lewis. I read a book that I'd never heard of at that time, uh, Mere Christianity. And yes. I read it cover to cover, January 17th, 1994. Got on my hands and knees in my dorm room in college, and I prayed my first prayer. I said, Praise God. Dear Jesus. This is Aaron Treadway. We've never talked before, but uh, I'll serve you on three conditions. I'll follow you <laughs> on three conditions. Number one, I don't want to be a pastor. Number two, <laughs> I don't want to be a missionary. And number three, I don't want to ever have to speak in public. On those three <laughs> conditions, I'm in. <laughs> well, that didn't work out exactly the way you planned, did it? I tell people all the time, don't try to make deals with God. Many yes. are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord accomplishes his purposes. It's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Amen. Amen. Now, I, here, I tell this story from time to time. Years ago, a missionary who spoke at the Urbana Missions Conference of InterVarsity um, said, you know, I was afraid to surrender my life to the Lord because I thought if I do, I'm going to end up as an old maid missionary to Africa. And she said, but after years of struggling, I finally realized it was foolish to resist. And I'm going to just go ahead and trust God, surrender my life to him. She said, I did. And now I'm an old maid missionary to Africa. And she <laughs> said, and I love it. I love it. It yeah. turns out that God's plans for us, even the ones we think, oh, no, please, never that. Uh, I didn't want to be a pastor either. And now for decades, my uh, name in most people's mouths is Pastor Wood. Um, I've been a pastor since my 20s. Mm -hmm. And um, and I thank God for the privilege. Yeah. But it was something I definitely resisted. And 
you're now pastor of a church in Cleveland, and uh, and God's using you and blessing you. Turns out, doing the will of God isn't terrible, is it? <laughs> yeah, I think that's that Jeremiah twenty nine eleven principle. You know, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They're yes. plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And yeah, I, I think uh, I'm right there in that camp. Maybe a lot of your listeners kind of feel like, you know, like we, we run from, the, from God sometimes. Or we hide from God like, oh, if God gets a hold of me. No, that's exactly where you want to be. Exactly. You want God to get a hold of you. And when he does and you go all in, man, that's when you start to know the joy and the satisfaction and the full peace of God. Amen. Amen. I appreciate uh, in the book, you talk about aiming for significance. Uh, and, and I think, you know, for some people that, that whole concept is a little bit, you know, isn't that pride? Uh, aren't, aren't I aiming for, for people's applause? That's not where significance is found, is it? Yeah. And, and I think it's also whose significance is it? Yes. Um, you know, for a lot of years, I was running after my own success I stood on another uh, dirt soccer field in the middle of nowhere, Africa, mm -hmm. and the Lord brought to my mind the story of Esther. You know, cousin Mordecai writes her that yes. famous letter. You know, could it be that you are here for such a time as this? And the Lord spoke to, to me through that story and just kind of, could it be that I left you on the soccer field for a purpose greater than your own? Amen. Um, for so long, I was running after my own stuff. And, and what I started to understand in that moment is God created me for his significance, not my own. Yeah, true. It's not about us. And yet, when we step into that, when our focus becomes, as you emphasize, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things are added to us. Mm. It, it, we discover that joy, that peace, uh, that purpose that God created us for. It turns out he really does love us better than we love ourselves. Amen. So this, tell us more about the journey for you, because you surrendered your life with three conditions, and uh, clearly you're not still there. So talk <laughs> with us a, a bit about that journey that God has had you on. Yeah, clearly I'm not. You know, I live in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm from San Francisco, California, and my pastor in California one time said, if you move to Cleveland, we can't doubt God's involvement in your life. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just love the people of Cleveland. I love where God has me. And I, I really wouldn't choose to be doing any other thing in this season of my life. Uh, I did. Uh, I was blessed to be able to pursue my, my lifelong passion of soccer at a professional level. I did professional soccer for 20 years, um, so it was a long and good career. Um, the Lord opened some, some great opportunities for me uh, in those years. Yeah. And my wife and I, I met her at the World Cup of Soccer, actually, in 2010 wow. in South Africa. Uh, written a different book and, you know, evangelistic tool at that World Cup. But long story short, um, we moved back to the U.S. in 2013, and uh, started to attend this, this church, and they'd gone through about a, a decade of a, of a downturn, kind of a dry season, mm -hmm. a bit of a, um, some gaps in leadership. Mm -hmm. um, and I had an itinerant uh, 
preaching ministry all over the world. Um, I had gone to seminary. I had, in fact, even done a doctorate of ministry studying how God could use sport to, to do evangelism and discipleship. So I suppose I had the prerequisite qualifications to be a pastor. I just didn't feel I had the calling. Yeah. Um, but about five years ago, um, as I was just considering, I was on the board of this church Mm -hmm. um, serving as an elder. And as I was considering what would be best for the church, I felt the Holy Spirit directly saying, you, you should fill this role um, for this season. And again, uh, it's just been a, a great a season. Uh, it's been a season that involved COVID. <laughs> so that's an interesting season to lead in. Absolutely. Um, but a yeah. joy and a blessing nonetheless. Well, I, I'm so thankful for your obedience. I'm thankful for God's grace toward all of us. I mean, you know, neither of us deserves to be in the pastorate. Neither of us deserves to be a child of God. It's all grace. It's all God's sovereign plan. And he works his plan out in detail. And we look back and say, oh, now I see. Yeah, but uh, when we're walking through it, sometimes it, it, he catches us by surprise. I I was determined not to be a pastor. My dad was a pastor, and I saw the price that a pastor pays if they take their position seriously. If if you're serious about serving God mm-hmm. and serving the people as a pastor, uh, you have to lay your life down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I. I wanted to be a traveling preacher, <laughs> and and God gave me a lot of opportunities starting in my teens, mm. and uh, and I traveled and preached and loved it, and uh, was happy to preach in churches of various denominations and so forth and so. On. But when I was in, in seminary, uh, anticipating starting the children's home that we started years later, uh, I thought we'd be starting it right out of seminary. And uh, and instead, God made it very, very clear after my first year of seminary, it was like, no, you need to prepare for the pastorate. And I mean, my my wife will say to this day, I've never seen you cry that much. Yeah, because I did. I, I was just I was broken. I did not want to do that. And um, but I did not want to disobey my heavenly father. Yeah. So I surrendered to that call. And oh, I look back at how merciful of God to take his reluctant servant mm. and, uh, and, and make me a pastor. It's been a privilege. Um, and of course, now I'm an old guy. So I'm, I'm, telling, I'm telling you, Aaron, as a young man who, who doesn't look like you're old enough to have been 20 years in professional sports, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm telling you that uh, obedience holds up well. Mm. Uh, as you do the will of God, you don't you don't develop regrets for having obeyed. You only regret not having obeyed more quickly, more wholeheartedly, uh, because God is so good. He's so kind. Now you you talk about giving your life away. That at this time of year, you know, as as you and I are recording this, uh, there's a lot of consideration of what people are going to get and what people are going to give at this time of year. And uh, for most people, it's stuff, Mm. it's things. But you talk about giving your life away. Talk with us a little more about that. 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, James, my favorite uh, book in the New Testament, James talks about how everything we have comes down from the father of the heavenly lights. And, you know, it's all a gift. Everything I've got, everything I will ever have, it all comes from God. Yes. Um, And he entrusts us to steward his stuff. Man, that's a high calling, isn't it? Amen. Amen. And so, you know, as I talk with our people um, here in Cleveland about that, that idea of what does it look like to steward God's resources? It's not just treasure. It is, it is our money. It is our wealth. But it's our time. It's our talent. And it's our treasure. And yes. ultimately, I believe you already quoted it. You want to find your life. you got to be willing to lay it down to lose it. Amen. Um, and for me, I, I've just discovered the more that I live to give myself away, especially to the things of God, the more I feel God fills me up with Amen. his presence and his provision. And I just then have more to give. Amen. Amen. In our chapel here at Wears Valley Ranch, we have a, a mural of Andrew, the disciple, pointing the little boy with the loaves and fish to Jesus. And uh, that's whenever I'm standing to, to speak, that's the picture behind me. It's, it's an image that I hope folks will really process because that little boy just had his lunch. You know, it wasn't like he was running a, a food truck and had come to the event where Jesus was speaking. And so he's hoping to sell some fish and bread and so forth. No, this was his lunch. And Andrew was telling him to give it to Jesus. And the little boy didn't say, well, uh, okay, I've got five loaves and two fish. What if I give Jesus three of the loaves and one of the fish? Would that be okay? I mean, I'm, I'm going to give him over half my lunch. No. Well, what if, what if I give him all but part of a fish and just a part of a loaf? That's not the way it works. No. He gave it all. And of course, there was so much more left over after 5,000 men plus women and children had eaten and been fully satisfied. There was far more left over, 12 baskets full. Um, And that is, as you said, the more you give it away, the more God fills you up. And uh, of course, my problem is, I'm I'm a slow learner, Uh, when, when God gives me things, my tendency, some people aren't even grateful. I am grateful, mm. but I usually think first, oh, this is for me. Mm. Instead of realizing, no, I'm trusting you to steward this. Exactly as you said, Aaron, he has given us all of this time, talent, treasure. He's given us all of this in order that we might obediently share it with others. It isn't for us. It's for his glory. And as we do what he says, follow his leading, we end up with more, not less, always more. It totally goes against the way that we are wired to think and what the world is continually telling us and what the adversary is continually telling us, you know, save some for yourself. Don't give too much away. It's one thing, you know, I mean, I, I can picture going to see John the Baptist and saying, you know, it's, 
it's great, man, that you're out preaching. And I'm, I'm proud of you for being willing to stand up to Herod, but don't lose your head. And, you know, he lost his head. Mm. And we're still talking about how he served God to this day. He's not regretting it. John the Baptist is not on the other side saying, boy, you know, I really went too far with this thing. I should yes. No. You know, Jesus told his disciples, I'm going to the cross. They're going to kill me. And Peter takes him aside and begins to rebuke him. Mm. Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Yes. Because we are always being tempted to hold back, to save ourselves. You know, you can do this, you can do that, you can say this, you can say that, but, but don't go too far. Don't, don't lay it all down. And, uh, you know, athletes, as, as you know and have exhibited, know what it is to, to leave it all on the field of competition. You know, you give your all in athletic endeavor. And you, you don't want to come off the field thinking, well, maybe I should have done a little more. You know, you give it your all. Mm. And yet when it comes to serving the Lord, how often do we think, well, you know, yeah, I ought to, I ought to give him, I, maybe I ought to give him more. But we don't think in terms of giving him all. And yet Jesus always said, if anyone would follow me, he's got to lay his life down, die daily. And uh, the, the price of discipleship has not changed in 2,000 years. Mm. It's that upside down kingdom concept, I think, you know, exactly. and the world is constantly telling us, well, just make sure that you keep enough to, you know, be secure and you, 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 you make sure that your family is provided for. Again, it's not just a monetary thing, you know, well, right. what if you give too much time or what if you give too much of your talent away? You mm -hmm. know, I guess the question that I always ask people, can you outgive God? Right. Do you really think you could outgive this creator of all things? No, yeah. I can't outgive God. Amen. I, to my own embarrassment, I sometimes tell the story of when our church was in a building campaign in Atlanta, and I heard an ad for Publishers Clearinghouse on the radio as I was driving home, and and I stupidly sent up a quick prayer to God, promising mm -hmm. him that if he would make me the winner of Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstake, which I hadn't even entered at that point, but I thought I could do that. Mm -hmm. You know, we need money for the building. And I, Lord, if you will, if you will cause me to win, I, I will give 50% uh, of that to you. <laughs> and then, and then I thought, no, that's not enough. Lord, if I got that much, I'd give 90% to you. And, and God's response to me was sarcastic. He said, really? For me? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Here I am telling the God who owns everything, who spoke the universe into being, what I will do for him if he'll do this for me. Oh, God, you know, please, I, I could really help you out here if you would just do this small thing for me. Make me win Publishers Clearinghouse, God, and I'll set you up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how insane, mm. how stupid could I be? And, and the thing is, God could have just caused me to turn into a heap of ash right then. Mm. He didn't. He laughed, and he got me to apologize with laughter, and, and he's still blessed. I, didn't, I don't think I even entered the publisher's clearinghouse. But, you know, God provided what was needed. He always does. He yeah. always will. 
We don't always get what we want, but we always get whatever we need. And God is honored in the process. So I, I, again, Aaron, I want to thank you for a very clear, very readable book, uh, Don't Miss Your Life by Aaron Treadway. And uh, I, I just, I want to encourage you who are listening, whether you read the book or not, don't miss your life. Amen. Don't, don't waste your time. Don't waste your talent. Don't waste your treasure. Don't think for a minute that you could come up with a better plan than God. God knows what is best. God does what is best. And God loves you more than you can imagine. So Aaron, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jim. Pleasure to be with you. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.